Welcome back, Heartbreakers. I'm Amanda here with my co-hosts. I'm Madison. I'm Juliana. On today's episode, we are joined by Julia Whalen. Some of you will probably recognize her voice if you listen to like any audiobooks ever, but we're super excited to have you. So thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is exciting because we've never had like a narrator join us before. And you're also an author too, which is really cool. So um, do we want to do recent reads? I know you guys just recorded yesterday, so you don't have to. I can talk if you want. Um, but I haven't read anything. I haven't finished anything since we talked yet last. So no, uh-huh. I'm good. Mads, you got anything? I haven't finished anything, but I started... Um, I wanted a Christmas book and I wanted historical. So I was scouring Libby last night and I found this anthology, um, and it's how the Duke stole Christmas. And it's like Tessa Dare, Sarah McLean, Sophie Jordan, and Joanna Shoup. Um, and so I started that audiobook last night. That and sounds amazing. I love that does that. sound amazing. I started this morning on the way to work. And it's so been- many classics in there. Mm-hmm. I know. And you guys know how much I love Tessa Dare and Sedare. So I'm just eating it up. Yes. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I so that's it for me right now. What was that one? What's the title of that one? How the Dukes Stole Christmas. Oh my goodness. I need to get that on Libby. Yes. That sounds so good. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. And it's like, I highly recommend it. Don't everyone run out all at once now. Right. Yeah, <laughs> then there's not going to be any copies left. I'm mm-hmm. not in a Christmas mood yet. It's not even close. So then again, I rarely, I'm not even in a Christmas mood on Christmas usually. So I just, I just have been sick lately. And so I'm sad because my chronic illness is flaring up. And so I was like, I need something to bring me joy. And I thought Christmas books will do it every time. Absolutely. Listening to Christmas music. I was like, I am in a holly jolly spirit and I cannot be sad any longer. And it's working. So that's good. It's good. That's good. I'm glad. Much Amanda, much. what have you been reading? Um, well, the last episode that I was on was Lila, which I had just finished reading Done and Dusted by Lila Sage. So this is a long list. I hope everyone is ready. Um, I finished listening to Kingdom of Ash. I read The Running Grave by Robert Galbraith. I listened to One of Us is Dead by Geneva Rose, The Escape Room, and Stay Awake by Megan Golden. I read the entire Mindfuck series by S.T. Abbey. Um, I read The Unmaking of June Farrow, The Night Swim by Megan Golden, Caught Up by Liz Tomford, Hunt on Dark Waters by Katie Robert, and I just finished Off the Hook by Julie Olivia yesterday. So that's my whole In what amount of time? um a couple weeks oh my god this is all october so i've been busy oh my gosh I, admittedly audiobooks i listen to it two times and i just listen to them while i'm at work so those go really fast and like half of these were audios so but yeah okay so that's it and lots of stuff and wow. then i'm like i'm reading rereading the deal by l kennedy right now um listening to the woman in the library and I think that's it that's it so what about you Julia oh well see this is the thing about the occupational hazard of my job is that I don't have a lot of leisure reading time Mm -hmm. so um I've actually been reading a couple of things for blurbs uh and they were both amazing but I don't know that I can actually talk about them yet (laughs) um so I'm not I'm not I don't have a lot to contribute to this um 
I have to get my actual phone out and like look at what I've been doing, but it just feels like, I don't know, there's always something to read, but usually it's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't remember the last thing can I read. Can you tell us fun. what you're working on for work right now? Are you allowed to tell us that? Uh, yes, I think that I can definitely tell you. I am recording uh, The Women by Kristen Hanna Ooh. at the moment. Um, so I am having my heart ripped out. Mm-hmm. Like She's good at that. Every single minute of every single day right now. <laughs> um, but uh, it's amazing. It's just amazing. So. I've only read one of her books, um, The Night Road, which mm. I loved. I just mm-hmm. haven't pulled the trigger on anything else yet because there's always, you know, something else to read, like. I'm like a squirrel with a nut. It has to be like in my face all the time type of deal. So clearly, <laughs> clearly I'm so impressed. I really am. How long does it take you to record the average audiobook? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it depends on the length of the book, but I try not to record more than two finished hours a day. Oh. So I just find there's like diminishing returns after a certain point. And um, I am at the point in my career where I don't, have to do that like I used to record 70 or 80 books a year but I don't do that anymore and so I can get away with just doing two finished hours a day um so you know the average book I, th- I would say for me is maybe 10 hours so I feel like about a week I can usually do a book oh, at a week nice. this That's one's nice. longer but um yeah but then there's all of the prep work that goes into it so there's like the read ahead of time there's the research required on it so it's about a I would say a four to one ratio, like however long a book ends up being. I've spent about four times as long reading it, prepping it, researching it, and recording it. It's so fascinating. So like a 40-hour work week, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're doing- yes. Spread out over, oh, yeah. you know, three weeks yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. This That's is just so cool. fascinating to me. We it haven't is. had anyone on who's narrating. Yeah. Ask me all your all your questions. Yeah, well, I mean, how did you... ambassador ambassador from audiobook? Yeah, land. how did you even get started? Like, where you know, how did you break into just doing audiobooks and and I mean, obviously, you've written your own as well, but yeah. Um, so I was a child actor, um, and then I left the business and I went to college and I was doing creative writing, um, at school, and um. Uh, one of my best friend's moms happened to be in the audiobook world. She was a producer and casting director, and um, she was the one who suggested it and said, you know, with this, like, these two skill sets that you have, this might actually be really right for you. And I'd never listened to an audiobook. I didn't know anything about them. I didn't even know what she was talking about. Um, but I graduated, and when I went back um, to L.A. and was, you know, auditioning a little bit like with some intention but otherwise just being like what do I really want to do um I decided to take her up on her offer of you know listening to a demo if I put a demo together and I did and um at that time it coincided with the the boom in YA and so they like needed younger sounding voices and it was the perfect moment to get into it and then within a few years you know, Audible had really kicked off. Like it was just kind of part of the mainstream. So I got in it. That was just the luck of timing. I got in at the right time. And um, there was within a few years, it was pretty much my full-time job. And then it was a question of, okay, how do I get back to the writing? Like, that's what I was intending to do with my life. Um, How do I get that time back and figure out how to do that? So it's been, um, that that's the journey. 
What was your so first audio book was... that you ever recorded? My first audiobook was Need by Carrie Jones. Um, and then in that same session, I, I basically recorded two books at the same time, um, was Peace, Love, and Baby Ducks by Lauren Myrickle. <laughs> two, two really great YA titles. That's so cute. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. So what was your process like when you decided like you wanted to start writing again or writing for the first time? Like, were you, I mean, I'm sure you had lots of like, contacts in the industry like did you go through like a normal query process like how was all of that for you you know what's really funny is that this came through such a like backdoor weird situation where I had been writing I was writing literary um because that's what I got my you know degree and you're in creative writing workshops and that's that's all that were all that you know anyone's ever allowed to read is literary <laughs> and um I was working on a YA novel and then I was working on some historical fiction and I of course had that like obligatory novel and stories that every creative writing major has um and I'd queried and like nothing was really hitting um because I but I was sorry I'd queried the short story collection um and you know shocker no one wanted to rep a short story collection um but I was working on other more commercial stuff kind of on the side and then I'm also a screenwriter and I was called in to work on an existing screenplay um, that was about a, an American woman who goes to Oxford and falls in love with her uh, tutor who is who has a secret. And I I was brought in to be kind of like with a friend of mine who also went to Oxford. We were brought in to be like the the. Um, authenticators I guess and to you know make it really feel like Oxford and it then became a much bigger thing and I I the producers got to know me and they knew I had very strong opinions about the story and what it could be and one of them asked me one day do you think there's a book in this story and I said like nothing's ever wanted to be a book more yes and so I I took a stab at novelizing this screenplay and doing what I wanted to do with it, which, you know, from the beginning was always kind of the screenplays is a very, it's like a very unholy process of, you know, other people's works and studio notes and everything. And I basically just said, I have a, I have a very strong take on this story and I want to be able to tell it. Will you let me tell it in novel form? And so I did. And so that book um, was my Oxford year. And so I could have never, like, I wasn't even aiming to be in the rom-com space and do that 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 market almost didn't even yet exist in a certain way and um I found myself in it through that so it was through screenwriting it wasn't through audiobooks wild yeah yeah <laughs> just absolutely yeah. wild yeah nuts and, and now so. here you are and now oh, that's crazy. here I am um, can I ask all the questions about your, your setup? Because I've been staring yeah. at it nonstop. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to know? Yeah. Give us yeah. a tour of your booth. Okay. So this is, this is going to mean nothing to the people listening to this, but, um, <laughs> it is a, it is a four by four, um, basically panic room. Um, I have a window that looks out into my office. It's very exciting. And that's my door. And that's the tour. <laughs> so this is this is facing this way is like that's where I have the um my monitor so I can record on that. 
Um, and it's, it's very claustrophobic. I have a, my husband is very large and he, whenever he has to do like a commercial audition or something in here, he's just like, get me out, get me out as soon as possible. Um, and, but you know, it like, it works for me. So this is a booth that is at this point in this iteration in this house is in, um, an office room that I have. Um, so I, I never did a closet, but I had a very, like, really rudimentary, primitive uh, booth set up in, like, a corner of a room. That's how this started. And then um, I I just got this booth. Yeah. Do you have to take, like, frequent breaks from being in there? I feel like I would, I guess you do it all day and this is kind of your job, but I feel like I would get so claustrophobic being in there staring at the gray walls. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, you know, it's a good is question. what gets me. Like yeah. the yeah, I know. soundproofing right. is what gets me. Yeah, I think I'm always just like so focused on the story. I don't look at my surroundings and it doesn't, I'm, I am used to it at this point. However, that said, no, you have to get out. You have to, some, another narrator had done like a test of, like um the oxygen levels in a booth and they it's like disturbingly low (laughs) like when you don't open the door and like get out like it's bad we're it's bad there's also just like the sitting and not moving my job is to not move so I don't make any sound and so you know I'm getting too old for this like my body's starting to starting to really protest this which is another part of the only two finished hours um a day thing I just like mentally physically you know, sunlight's nice, like all the reasons <laughs> that um, it's it's good to get out. Sunlight is highly underrated, I think. It really is. It really, it really is. is. Yeah. So how do you write after like reading other people's work all day like that? I feel like my brain would just be fried to like try to go out and write my own things. Yeah. So I write before is the answer oh, to that. Sure. Um, when I'm on deadline, I'm right. I write in the mornings. I don't even look at, you know, social media, email, whatever. I I have to get it done first or you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. Um, when I was early in my career, I wasn't good enough at either to be able to do them at the same time, which is why there was about a three year break when I was really doing audio books full time. And I could not write because I couldn't stay in my voice while having other people's voice. And again, it's volume, right? Like I was saying, if it's 70 books a year, I'm in a I'm in a new book every four days and it could be all across all different genres, you know, first person, third person. Uh, it it was just it was too jarring. I did not have a strong enough sense of my own writing voice. But, you know, that's the gamble. The trade off was I, I have to do fewer audiobooks to do this. And, you know, that's scary. Um, it's it's a it's a risk, but uh, it's really what makes me happy. And so, you know, I mean, look, you guys are all as you prioritize it. I mean, you know, I don't have kids. That's a big that's a big thing. Like there's that's like 80 percent of a life that <laughs> comes back to you. <laughs> Jules gets it. And so does Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Priorities. You're pretty recognizable as Emily Henry's audiobook narrator. So what's it like yeah. working with Emily, working on Emily's books? Um, because she's one of our favorites. So yeah, she's one of my favorites too. There's a <laughs> obviously there's a few people who, you know, I there I have I've recorded five or six hundred books or something at this point. And there are only a few people that I can say I called it 
you know, I knew Gone Girl was going to be huge. Um, I knew Taylor Jenkins Reid was going to be huge. And I knew Emily Henry was going to be huge. And I like, I, I feel, and it was, I was doing Emily's YA novels. Um, and I was just like, she's, this is, she's punching above her weight here. Like she's not getting enough credit for how good these are. And when she wrote her first adult novel, she actually sent it to me to blurb because my Oxford year had just come out. And I think, I think I was one of the only authors she knew writing adult. Thank you. Though, everything else. So she was, she was like, I feel so bad asking you for this, but could you possibly blurb this book? I'm writing my first adult novel. And, you know, I really, I just, and I said, yeah, of course. And I read it and it was beach read. And I just wrote her and was like, this, you just invented a category. Like, I don't even know what you did, but you just, you, I mean, this is, this is amazing. And I was at the same time kind of working out my second book in my head and being like, how do I do a kind of meta thing without it being a satire? Like, what would that even look like? And then she was just like, here, here's the lane. This is, this is what we're doing now. And I, I love that book so much. And I think it's one of those things where I feel this way about Taylor too, where you just, you share a brain with a person at a certain point, like we have clearly a very similar sense of humor, although I think I'm a little darker than I'm, <laughs> but we have, um, I just, I think the reason why listeners like those books, the, my performance of those books so much is because I like doing them so much. There is zero lift involved. Like I am just, it is joy from beginning to end. And then I am sad along with everyone else when it's over and she's so prolific. She writes so fast, but I've told her like somehow it's still not fast enough for me. <laughs> like if, if I were just though. doing it, I mean, if I were just doing relatable. Emily's books, like that would be great. That would be great. Well, Taylor, I too. want I you to know big TJR Taylor, yeah. fan as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I love to reread her books and I also love to listen to the audios of them all the time. But now I've listened to the audios like so many times that now when I just like read the book, I'm like hearing it in your voice which is a really creepy thing to say, yeah. but like, it's so but not lovely. the first time I've heard it. So yeah. you're not alone. You're not alone in the creepiness. You're not alone. Um, I mean, no, I mean, they're so, they're just, they're so, it's just a joy. It is seriously, it's just such a joy and they stay with me too. I mean, I just today I sent her cause you know, when you scroll through like Instagram and I don't know what your algorithm provides you, but mine is always like, here's interesting places you could go. Right. It's like travel porn. That's my, that's my algorithm. I love and it. I just like sent her a thing today and was like, Poppy and Alex should go here. I don't, this is the only thing I think of when I see travel spots is that those two people should go there together. <laughs> These are fictional characters from three years ago. I love this that. Is, this is That's the Emily so Henry cute. effect. The Emily Henry effect. Is I amazing. love that book so much. Me too. I'm a beach read girly personally, but yeah. Do you have do you have a favorite? You know, like I was just thinking of this. Well, it would be, although I think when people say they don't have one, they're lying. For oh. in my situation, <laughs> I really don't have one because I see them as for different reasons, like very distinct things. Like Beach Read, like I said, meant so much to me because I just she opened up a whole world as far as I was concerned of like what would be possible in this space. And people we meet on vacation is like such a sentimental favorite of mine. 
um book lovers is just brilliant and he's just charlie is such a smoke show i got a comment i have a comment to make about charlie when you're done but okay Okay, (laughs) know what it is it's gonna be my my creepy comment of this episode but anyway (laughs) all right um and then happy place just when i thought she she couldn't do anything else like i just sobbed throughout happy place and i just kept sending her text being like i don't know how you're doing this how you were writing the book that people need at the moment that they need it but you did it again and that from a craft level and i think that's the other thing is em and i were both like creative writing majors we came out of a literary tradition and so like for me the other reason that i connect with her is on a craft level i see what you're doing like i see how hard that book was to pull off because the movements were so much smaller than the other books like the stakes were so much lower and like you have to be so much more precise and on your game and like I just this is turning into an Emily Henry fangirl episode but I well I just I I got nothing too as an author it's like you can't pick your favorite book that you've written because they all meant so much to you at different points in your life and like represent different parts in your life and I feel like I don't know if this is true but I feel like as a narrator it would kind of be like similar because you're not writing it but you are like very involved in creating those voices I guess and I don't know I think that's very fair and that's a very good way to put it is that I don't think I think you do have to have context when you talk about favorites because they are like rooted in your the life that you were living at the time it's the way we think Mm -hmm. listen to music and music is you know sends us back to a another place it's not just like hearing the song in isolation um so I think that's very very smart yeah I not agree more what's your Charlie Laster comment yeah okay well they already know this because when I was listening (laughs) to book lovers I can already tell I'm going to just like slide into (laughs) okay so under the table I've been thinking about this like all day but I actually think about Charlie Lastra a lot and I listened to it's our Roman empire let's I listened to book lovers like I didn't physically I listened to your book lovers right yeah so that's how I that's I associate you with that book and obviously Emily because she wrote it but on threads one day I saw this comment that was like I feel as though Charlie Lastra is just the hottest man to exist I don't know though and I was like (laughs) listen yes but Charlie Lastra voiced by Julia Whalen altered my brain chemistry so (laughs) Charlie Lastra is the hottest man in existence but you you voicing him just that was an awakening moment for me I don't know what else to say but I appreciate I think I can I think a lot of people and I I appreciate that (laughs) Thank oh, you. I love that. He man. was just too hot. He was just so He's hot. I so told, hot. Like, I told her that though. God. Like I was like anyone. It's such a. I mean, look, as someone who like wrote a book about you know a professor, I was like anyone who has like an editor kink, like a red pen kink, like that book was deadly. And he he was. I mean, when when I first read it, like halfway through my prep read, I told her I was like, I'm going all out on this. Like I'm not holding back on this one. You he did, deserves you. it. He's just this is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, you absurd. did. Too. Anywho, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for giving me Charlie Lastra. <laughs> you are welcome. You are welcome. Um, yeah. Well, yes. well, I mean, I guess speaking of Emily Henry, when do you start working on Funny Story? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nothing official. Nothing <gasps> official. 
So I, I live in Michigan. Like I'm from Michigan too. So I'm just automatically trash for books set in Michigan, which is why I love Beach Read so much. And I'm super excited about Funny Story. So well, she should really like the Michigan tourism department should hire her because <laughs> she's like the biggest fan of Michigan. And um, they should really, they should really, really. Me too. Like, they don't understand what they have. Me there. too, because like I grew up here. I've lived here my entire life. So like Emily and I should really be besties then. Clearly. Yeah. So what are you working on currently for yourself writing? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of, well, there's two things. So I, I'm writing something and then I'm also starting a little venture. Um. So I am. I'm creating my own audio publishing company and platform right now um, because I there's a lot that I want to do in this space from just like a writing perspective and also working with other writers that there's not really a good place to do that. So I'm creating my own um, company that should be launching by the end of the year. Um, so that's been, you know, that's that was insanity. Um, but I'm excited about it. And I am also, uh, the thing I'm working on was this project that would not leave me alone. So my second book, Thank You for Listening, which is about two audiobook narrators falling in love, recording a romance novel, but not knowing who the other person is because they're recording under aliases. Um, in that book, there's the book that they're recording. Um, and that's the book I'm writing right now. I love that. That's so, I love that so much. That's the like book that they're recording is what's hilarious about this is looking back, you know, this has been a couple years journey. And what is very funny to me is that I started out just being like the, the task I don't, I, in creating. Thank you for listening. I thought, what's the like er romance novel? What's the most romancy romance that two narrators can be recording. Like what's the most ridiculous premise for a romance novel that I could come up with? And that premise was a second chance romance with a gigolo descended from Casanova. And that's the book. And then when I, <laughs> I, love when I had so to much. figure out, when I had to figure out like enough of the story and enough of the characters for it to work and thank you for listening, I just kept being like, this is actually really interesting. I don't know. There's a lot going on here. This says a lot about like male performative sexuality. And it says a lot about like I just got I got very into it and it wouldn't let me go. And so I'm doing it. But what I'm but the way that I'm doing it is it's going to be. Um, I don't know if it's going to be audio only, but it's going to be audio first. And I'm doing it as an eight part series. Um, and it's going to be released on my platform in February valentine's day that's when it's i love say. that I love this so much so yeah um we'll see we'll see how i mean right now i'm actually really liking it i'm just finishing it i will be recording at the beginning of december and it's going to be um duet uh there's going to be actually a couple of narrators on it and um i'm i really like it i don't know why <laughs> but i really do i really do so <clears throat> have you announced your new platform yet no not quite yet um I'm kind of waiting until I actually have a place to send people like the website's almost done um but I've and then I've actually I have a little bit I have 
pre-orders up for this because I've gone to a couple of conferences recently, like Book Bonanza and Rare uh, Florence. And so I had some um, pre-orders, but I haven't even really technically announced the book yet. So everything's just happening in its own sweet time. That's so fun. Well, I cannot wait to listen. I can't oh, wait good. to subscribe or I'll be your first subscriber. Just send me, send me an, send us an email and we'll That's very sweet. be there. Well, I mean, what I basically wanted to do was a lot of people have asked me, you know, why don't you do a Patreon, like do something. And I, I just, for me, it was like, I don't have, I really don't have the time. Um, And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, actually, wait, if I did something like that, like for the super fans where it was just, you know, I'll read you a poem every week or an interview or, you know, we'll do something, something will, I'll, I'll give you something but if you wanted to pay me for that I could then fund these other projects that I really want to do and I can pay other narrators appropriately to do it because one of the kind of secrets of audiobooks is that narrators don't get royalties and that has just sent me like I it drives me nuts it's a thing that has always it's just an injustice at this point in the industry and so part of this is also just coming from like righteous spite of wanting wanting to do the business the way I think the business should be done and I'm tired of bitching about it and I just need to you know do it so that's that's what I'm doing I feel like righteous spite accomplishes a lot especially when women are behind it I feel I feel pretty good I mean yes and I think that you know look we kind of just had hot labor summer um in a lot of ways and you know I'm watching my industry finally push back on stuff that just doesn't doesn't work anymore and um it's it feels it feels like the right time um and if i can do something with this reputation that i've built that i that i have um so maybe move the needle a little bit i'm going to try well in the meantime writing some you know second chance romance with a gigolo descended from casanova and listen <laughs> second chance romance is my my kryptonite so i'm very excited well yeah those are my two favorite words quite frankly good so this is gonna be amazing happy well i cannot wait to support this in all the ways Hmm. and sign me up for supporting audiobook narrators because this is something when we first started our podcast even like i did not listen to audiobooks i was very particular and i was like I used to listen, I'd have Siri read my Kindle books to me Yeah, because I was like, I like the robot voice actually. Mm-hmm. And then I started listening to historicals because I was like, I really like the British voices. Like this is yep. good. I can handle this. And then I, I think I honestly listened to one of the Emily Henry books and I was like, I kind of enjoy this. Like I might be able to get behind this. Cause I think the only audiobooks I had tried listening to, I hadn't listened to many. I just listened to a couple and I was not a big fan of the narrators. And that was like the only thing that I had listened to. And now I just listen to audiobooks constantly. Um, so I'm like all the ways to support all of the audiobook narrators because it's the only way when I'm drafting, it's pretty much the only way I can get any reading done anymore. And when I'm not reading, I feel like my brain is melting inside of my head so fair fair no I think that that's that's very I think that's very true and I think that you that's not an uncommon story or a way into audio is is really through the narrators because when you find someone you like you trust them you know I mean there's people who download books because a a narrator that they love narrated it and that's part of the thing that to me is just very unfair about this 
business model is like it's telling the narrator that they don't matter, that they bring nothing to the table. And it's just not true. It's functionally and fundamentally and systemically not true. And so I think that um, there are a lot of people who or and especially in the last couple of years, there was like this. People found audiobooks too in the in the during the pandemic. And and I think that there is this awareness now of like, I never thought about the people behind the mic. Like I never thought about, you know, who's doing this. And now I'm uh there people are conscientious about it. So um it's a very interesting time to be in the industry as well. I mean, as all things are continuing to shift and change, I think that there's actual potential here and hope for um what we're talking about and these kinds of partnerships too between authors and narrators are are what keeps the it interesting and dynamic for a listener too so i will step off my soapbox now um <laughs> I, just, uh, I for one appreciate i mean we're indie authors so we understand you know the pennies on the dollar that we make yeah royalties and all that stuff so from that standpoint, I appreciate you getting on your soapbox for other narrators like you who, you know, we don't get to have open conversations like this with people in your position. So you being a voice for those people, I know they're going to appreciate it. We appreciate hearing it. So yeah, that's, I'm excited to support you going forward in whatever way that I can. And all of my other favorite narrators, Rebecca Soler is very sweet. one of my favorite ones. Obviously. Oh Yeah. Teddy Hamilton and Dryden is a huge fan favorite of literally everybody on the planet. So also just a favorite, like one of my favorite people. Really? If that makes you feel good. Yes, like it does. one of my favorite people. We I I we love him around here. So yeah. We're like, oh yeah, Teddy read that. We'll we'll listen to it. So Yeah. Yeah. He just makes me happy. <laughs> he makes us happy too. Good. <laughs> He did, well, we interviewed, I was sick yesterday, but we interviewed Rosie Dannon yesterday and he did um, The Roommate, her book. Mm-hmm. With, I cannot think of who the female narrator on that was, but I, I loved him on that book and I just love that book so much, so. Should have him on. Yeah, let's get Teddy Hamilton. Wouldn't that be a, Jules would die, I think. Jules would honestly <laughs> she die. She really, really would. <laughs> when when she had her audiobook or when she had her book turned into an audiobook, they were like, what are some notes like, you know, for your <laughs> characters? Like, what, what do you want them to sound like? Like what, as we're moving forward with casting and she said, Teddy Hamilton, that's it. That's my only note. Like that was the only <laughs> note that she gave them. She was like, please find someone who sounds like him. It's <laughs> great. That's great. He's super talented. So, and so are you obviously. I have to admit, I haven't read Happy Place yet. But you really I, haven't? But I have the audiobook. Like, Especially if you like Second Chance. Yeah, I have the audiobook. And now after this conversation, I'm like, well, I know what I'm listening to at work tomorrow. So it's okay. really that book kind of rewired me. And I'm don't I don't want to give her too much credit because, you know, <laughs> I feel like this, like I said, this has been an Emily Henry um, f- fan experience. But um I was in the process of being like, I'm not happy anymore. I don't like the way that things are working. Um, 
I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. And I read that book at the beginning of the year or like over Christmas or New Year's or something, getting ready to record it. And I was just, it was just the kick in the ass that I needed to say, if you're not happy, what are you doing with your life? And it was like, this is so blame her for everything that's about to (laughs) happen here at the end of the year. We'll thank her (laughs) for it, actually. (laughs) I read that book when we had an arc of it actually. And mm-hmm. I read it. My father-in-law had had to have a quintuple bypass and we were in Oof. the hospital and I was reading that like, as I was like, you know, wins whole situation. I was reading that like sobbing Ugh. in the hospital, like a mess. And I think I read that book. Like I read it just like over and over and over again. <laughs> Just like, just kept, it was like my comfort book during that time. And my husband had to like go back and forth because they live out of state to like help him with his recovery. And I just the entire time was reading that book. So I think that's one of those books too, that it's like one of the places in my life that I will just love that book forever, just because it was like such a comfort read during that time. And I just love it so much. I agree. I agree. Yeah. A turning point book for sure mm-hmm. yeah. well now I need to read it and get on board with this so tomorrow yeah join us I'm starting it tomorrow I will Mads do you have any more questions I don't think so okay thank you both for doing this thank you for joining us oh, this is absolutely. wonderful and very eye-opening and I'm really excited for everything you have in the pipeline Yes, Thank I'm very you. excited for this platform. Thank you. It's called Audiograry, by the way. Oh, that's so cute. Um, yes, that. which was available. Yeah, that's kind of wild, right? I was telling, I was telling my husband, I was like, you know, something like Audiograry would be cool. Never thinking that it would actually be available, and it was. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking I love it. that. I'm excited. We'll be on the lookout for announcements. Okay. And your second chance gigolo descended from Casanova book as well. Yeah. <laughs> is the best place to keep up it with you. It sounds so wild when you say it, but when you it, think about romance novels, like at their core, they are kind of wild in general, right? So, I mean, you maybe you went a little a little out there, but it's going to be- I did. And then it, but it somehow became like very grounded and very, a beta reader that I just sent it to said- like I was smiling the whole time because I just didn't I when you were telling me you were doing this I was like there's no way she's gonna pull this off (laughs) and according to her not to toot my own horn but according to her she was just like it's remarkable that you made this feel as real as it as it is I love this so so. yeah yeah so we'll see take my you had me a second chance I know okay I'm done I'm stopping take my money okay all right well on that note I think we can let you go Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) Yes. There we go. Well done. Well done. I love her. Me too. She was super nice. Yeah. And just like really knowledgeable. And I mean, like we've said, we we haven't had the opportunity to interview anybody like in her position before. Mm-hmm. So getting that that perspective on the industry was super fascinating. And I like honestly could have talked to her for hours. So yeah, I very much want to 
listen to her little platform with mm-hmm. little platform that sounds demeaning to her new platform <laughs> with audio um, audio, audio brary yeah yeah that's a very cute name it is and that's I think that's going to be amazing and I'm really excited to check it out when it finally goes live thank you so much for listening please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform make sure to follow us on Instagram we are going to be announcing our super secret special guest soon and that is what it's like being a writer you get really good at talking that's all am i supposed to say anything else no i think we're good peace out everybody shoot yeah boy